All right, John, we're back after a little Christmas break. Um, I know the I know the title of this podcast says um, All State Sugar Bowl Preview, but um, we were recording this. It's a Shake and Blake After Dark episode uh, right after the KU game that went to triple overtime and KU lost after almost yep. making the comeback of the century. I mean, oh, my goodness. I think we got to talk about that a little bit. Before we uh, even get into our Christmas recap, I mean, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, John. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You want to talk about – you want to talk about uh so close, but you, and it hurts so much. I mean, Arkansas gave KU all the hopes in the world, and the next thing you know, they just completely dig into the soul and rip out their hearts, completely dangle it in front of them and just laugh. And that's how I feel towards the KU fan base right now. But nonetheless, man, that was... I was not expecting for the fourth quarter to go the way they did. I think Arkansas was like a 38 to 13. I mean, yeah. went on, we scored 25 unanswered to tie it up. I mean, it, it was just absolutely insane. And Jalen Daniels, I mean, he just continues to play like a complete freak show out there, just dropping dimes to the likes of Lawrence Arnold. Jared Casey came in clutch late as well. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, the, talk about a complete coaching coaching blunder when when you don't even have uh, Jalen Daniels throwing the uh, last ball late in, to end the game. Instead, you got uh, J- Jason Bean <laughs> throwing it over over on the back of the end zone. It was just absolutely pathetic. And uh, oh my gosh, dude, I just can't get enough of that. How bad <laughs> of a play call that was. Oh, man. I mean, this game had quite a story arc. I mean, you know, KU goes up 7-3. I mean, I was like, okay, well, I mean, like, you know, Arkansas has got a ton of people. I think I heard 24 people in the transfer portal or entered into the draft. They had two wide receivers. They had two of their starting wide receivers out and eight of their defenders out out of the game. I I believe that's what it was. So so I was like, okay, maybe this could be like, you know, our, like what we had with LSU last year with a bunch of people gone. Maybe KU can just, you know, just roll them and look good for the Big 12. But no, they fumble on their kickoff. And then Arkansas goes and scores and it's 31-13 at halftime. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, they go and score. It's like, oh my gosh, KU, like really? But they they went and did it. Um, I mean, uh, we were talking about it before. Um, obviously, there's that they had that big pass, which it seemed like it sealed the game. And then they end up fumbling and Key returns it. It kind of treated as he was down, but um, they said he fumbled it. I thought I thought first that his butt hit the ground. He, I thought he was down. Now that I'm looking at it on my computer, okay. I thought he was down. But I mean, I uh, guess you need I, I, indisputable I, video yeah, evidence. You, but yeah, but exactly, you needed uh, some indisputable evidence right there to confirm it. And uh, I mean to to overrule that previous call, but. Typically, those won't occur all the time. So yeah, and then you have, the, you have the onside kick um, that KU did. I thought, I mean, it was a really good onside kick. They got a really good bounce from it. But I just thought Arkansas handled it really badly. You got there like was three only, people blocking. It's like could, maybe one only, of y'all go for the ball. Like, and you only had ball? one. You only had one player going for the ball. One player, and there was more KU players running up to the ball. It, I mean. Arkansas did their did their best in trying to block block the block the KU special teams, but I mean there was only one person right there. I mean you just can't do that if you're Arkansas. Um, 
kind of thinking back to some of the times K-State had it. I mean, at least we had multiple players ready to recover the ball for the onside kick. Uh, even Valcade Warner during the Texas Tech game had a at had butterfingers and kind of recover. But you know, uh, but Arkansas, I mean, just they they were literally on the cusp of having a a way a reason to have a fireball offense towards Sam yeah. Pittman because that was just absolutely pathetic on their part. Yeah, I mean, a funny Betty thing on this game, John, is I believe my dad bet the over on this, and the over under was sixty nine. And then going into that onside kick, it was 30 to 38. So mm-hmm. obviously you're one under the over. So obviously getting the, you know, getting the onside kick going down and scoring and then getting the two point conversion secured the over. And then we're in for a whole load of offense because, of course, it involves KU. This has to get to 50 plus. But I mean, just what a, what a crazy game. You have the two point conversion, I believe, in double overtime. They stop it, but there's a targeting call. So KU gets another shot at it. They go and tie it and go into third overtime. And then obviously, you know, the end around QB pass that doesn't work out. Um, So it's a tough, um, you know, the Big 12, um, as we're recording this, um, is still looking for their first win in bowl play. And uh, Texas Tech Ole Miss is happening as we're playing this. So maybe by the time this is released, go ahead. And, uh, oh, uh, and KU still looking for their first uh, winning season since, was it The Bush administration. (laughs) Since the Bush, yeah, since the Bush administration, but I think I think Den and Ace came up with that. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter from Ace. So either Ace or Special Teams you on Twitter, uh, but nonetheless, like the tweets were there, and I was taking shots at their fan base as well, uh, even Mike Vernon as well. Uh, I don't know why this guys. I I'm not trying to call people out. It's just unprofessional. But Mike Vernon does not to deserve to have a blue check mark next to. <laughs> I mean, it's just. I mean, he just, I mean, of course, he, he reacts the way any journalism major would. Which uh, yeah, he, of course. He's just going to say, what the F was that? And it's like, dude, come on. Like, I, I have some, I mean, at least have some class as as a scoopmeister. But <laughs> number, I mean, look, look, it was a great effort, but I mean, that, that's how, I mean, that's how games go down at times. You're just not going to get the benefit of a doubt at the end and. Kudos to Arkansas. I mean, their offense showed up late. I mean, they just had a little bit more in, in the bag than Kansas could. Yeah, if KU can get a defense, I mean, oh, my gosh. Like, what what are they capable of, you know? Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah, but they'll definitely, they'll definitely be a lot better next season. But just generally, John, I mean, Big 12 right now, as we're recording this, 0-3. Texas Tech is up on Ole Miss as we're recording this. but So maybe we'll get a first win. But, man, it's a tough, it's a tough schedule this year for the Big 12. I mean, Oklahoma's playing Florida State, which is mm-hmm. not good. I don't think this game's going to be very pretty. Texas playing Washington, that's a tough matchup. And then obviously, you know, we got Bama, and then TCU's got Michigan. So, I mean, it's going to be tough for the Big 12 to pull out even, you know, a few wins. You know, I mean, Texas might be the only game where a Big 12 team is favored, and that's just because it's Texas. And, I mean, they're well, going to the freaking SEC anyway. Well, it's a good thing right now. By at the time we're recording this, seeing Texas Tech uh, up twenty to seven, they just kicked a field goal. Uh, they're up on Ole Miss and the Texas Bowl, so hoping they can get something going. But man, you are right. The Big Twelve just had some most lock heavy. Like I don't know really how to describe it. Like the most heavy one sided games in which it's 
pretty much against the Big 12. I mean, you talked about Oklahoma, Florida State. I mean, everybody's going to be pointing out Alabama over K-State, which we will get into that a little bit. Uh, and then, of course, I mean, they're just going to pile up uh, more more respect towards uh, – more disrespect against TCU because nobody wanted them in the playoffs. Uh, but uh, it's just – it's it's just kind of a tough stretch this year. So I mean, hope I throughout. I mean, the aftermath of the KU game. I'm hoping everybody in the Big Twelve does well, uh, in the rest of the bowl games. But it it's gonna be it's gonna be really tough. Yeah. Before we move on to the Sugar Bowl, I do want to shout out one thing. My, me and my dad were listening on ESPN Radio, um, before, uh, or during the overtimes. And Clay Matvick, who was the play by play guy, he said, "There's got to be something in the water." For the, for the Jayhawks, even though you're boiling the water in Memphis, Tennessee, because there was oh. that whole ordeal of KU fans, <laughs> right? The joke writes itself having to use porta potties at a bowl game stadium. Um, I that pretty much just exemplifies the Liberty Bowl as a whole. Um, AutoZone was, uh... sponsor a different bowl. I mean, this Liberty Bowl's been going on forever. Or Memphis, get a new stadium. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, the the renovation plans are set for Memphis football, uh, but oh, thank the I mean, Lord, you're, you're right. They, it's better to tear it down than to renovate <laughs> it because because like a lot of old places, they're gonna show its age, and at times it's gonna be too late to to fully renovate them back to one to back to either like a better version of themselves or. Reliving the glory days, but I mean that's that's uh that's the Liberty Bowl right there. I am so glad we were not playing in that hunk of junk this year. Oh my uh, gosh! Up to uh, KU. Oh, I, I mean, I guess it makes sense. It's it's David Booth Memorial South. I mean, they had all the porta potties everywhere. I mean, <laughs> it was just it was just so fitting. It was just so fitting. I mean, it really was, John. All right, before we move on to the Sugar Bowl, um, let's get our plugs and make sure you're following us on Twitter, Shaking Blake seventy five. Leave a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Make sure you're following the podcast as well. All right, let's get into the Sugar Bowl, John. What we're here to actually talk about as a K-State sports podcast, we're Big 12 champs. We're playing Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, trying to get win number 11 on the season. And with, you know, being the Big 12 champs, playing in a big ball game, even though it's at 11 a.m. before the college football playoffs, which is a bit unfortunate of the timing. It would have been nice to have it, you know, in prime time kind of in a day of its own, but still, I mean, we're going to get a lot of eyes on it, even if it's just a casual fan, you know, wanting to watch Michigan TCU and catching the end of our game and seeing, you know, what we're all about. So um, a lot of eyes are going to be on this game. It's really interesting. Um, I've been recommended on my YouTube, some Bama pages um, doing previews of this game. It's kind of been interesting how things have kind of shifted. Obviously the, in terms of the betting, the lines at about six and a half, I think now it got all the way down to three and a half when people thought that, you know, the Bryce Youngs and the Will Andersons were going to opt out, but they opted in, all the K-State players opted in, so everybody, both teams are going to be at pretty much full strength. Alabama lost some people to the portal, but besides that, both teams are going to be at full strength. Um, it seems like the narrative I've heard from Bama people is kind of just, you know, I, they were thinking, you know, K-State's a decent team, but, you know, Bama with Bryce Young and Will Anderson – and, you know, they're just going to bring it to them, especially for some, even some of like the national neutral people um, that they're just going to bring it to K-State. I've seen some scores that aren't, aren't even like particularly close. I think yeah. this will definitely be a close game. Um, it seems like our defense is being very disrespected. Um, I don't know why people think our defense is bad or even mediocre, um, but I think this is going to be a really good game. I think both teams match up really well. 
Uh, overall, it's going to be really fun. Uh, what, what, what are you looking for, John, in this game? Well, I think what you were saying in terms of, well, first of all, I want to, I want to point out in terms of like the, the timing on this, I mean, you know, regardless of like whether or not Michigan and TCU is the next game up, a lot of people are going to uh, turn their heads to this Sugar Bowl game because really the, the team that K-State's playing against in Alabama and not just any Alabama team. I mean, we played a, a depleted LSU team last season, a, a, an SEC powerhouse, but they, but it wasn't really the LSU we were once known to seeing. Um, but this is Alabama. I mean, this is Nick Saban-led squad. Uh, and, and especially now that you're, we have Will Anderson uh, and Bryce Young, who are both going to be playing in this game. A uh, shout-out to them for playing in this bowl game as well. I'm not a big fan of opt-outs, even though some, at times I do agree it's the best decision. Um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a dangerous matchup. I understand some of the some of the disrespect from the K-State defense, um, mainly just with how with how consistent I want to say Bryce Young is, especially when he gets going with his with his wide receivers. On top of that, I mean Will Anderson. I'm, I mean on the offensive side, uh, Alabama fans have been and the media have been pointing out that. It's going to be a really good K-State offense. Um, of course, you're going to have Will Anderson on the other side of the ball for Alabama. And not the best defense we've seen from an Nick Saban coach squad, but um, it's still it's still a pretty dang effective defense. Yeah, I mean, the casual fans who know how to count stars um, are definitely going to be uh, picking one side of this matchup. That's fairly obvious. Um, let's stick with Bama and talk about them a little bit. Obviously, they're 10-2 and two this season, didn't make the SEC championship. Two very close losses, game-winning field goal against Tennessee, two-point conversion to LSU. Um, I think a lot of their struggles, from what I've heard, are attributed to Bryce Young's health and then also just their general disdain for Bill O'Brien. It seems like the thing they want to change is Bill O'Brien. and I think Pete Golding, their defensive coordinator, they want those guys gone, but especially Bill O'Brien. It seems like there's been a lot of frustration with Bama fans for his play calling. And a lot of of people are pointing out that Bill O'Brien is not likely going to get a contract extension as well. So that could um, likely indicate that um, he will, that he will be gone um, by the end of the Sugar Bowl. Um, But I mean, you you pointed out, this is by any normal standards, a one, a great season for Alabama. I mean, the Sugar Bowl would be where the top team from the SEC would have, would have ended up uh, if this was in the BCS, but um for Alabama's perspective, I mean, it's a disappointing season. Um, Bama, it, I mean, for the most part, Alabama just haven't been connecting um, for the most part defensively. For, I, 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 it, it's been kind of complicated. I mean, the guys for Bama, they're supposed to play in this, um, but they aren't 100% operational compared to what we've seen throughout the rest of the year. And even then, they weren't fully 100% operational and what i mean by that is some of their um some of the coaching habits as well because in that tennessee game i mean there was 17 penalties you cannot be given up those middle those many penalties um to a team like tennessee so um some of the coaching has made an impact um maybe a little bit of some inconsistency from bryce young compared to what we saw from last year when he won the heisman um, just stuff like that. Um, hey, that that's pretty much all I got to say. 
uh, uh, when just kind of looking at the overall inter- overview of the of the season. And I mean, there were some games that even Bama were. I mean, like they was they were all saying, uh, "Oh man, if we were just done this, and if we would have just done that, we would have beaten Tennessee. We would have beaten LSU." You got to be looking out from the other side, though. If Alabama didn't do this, and if they didn't do that, maybe they would have lost to Texas or Texas A&M or Ole Miss. So there was a few games that that Alabama probably could have and maybe should have lost as well. So, um, again, not the best Alabama team, but you can't take anything for granted when you're when you're playing Nick Saban. Yeah, I mean, if you were going to pick a year to play Bama, um, this would probably be the year to do it because obviously, I mean, maybe 2019, you know, they have a couple losses there. But, I mean, their 2020 team, we do not want to play that team. You do not want to play their 2021 team. And when we say this isn't the best, you know, this isn't the, the Alabama's best team. If you look at them statistically, they are still just absolutely redonkulous. And some of that is because they had a – their non-conference was, besides Texas, was just – they play four non-conference games against nobody's and that three or three non-conference games against nobody's and play Texas and beat the crap out of them to pad their stats. But I mean, they're still the number four scoring offense, the number five rushing offense, you know, they're 12th in yards per play and their defense. I mean, they're top five in yards per play defensively. Um, so, I mean, this is still an extremely dominant team. I think a lot of fans just looking at stats when they go to ESPN, I mean, Alabama's just dominant in all of their stats. Um, but I think that's a little bit misleading because obviously this team, this K-State team is so much different with Will Howard at quarterback and just the offensive, you know, there's a lot of, I think a lot of people are still trapped in the K-State mindset of, oh, this is just a, a team that's just going to wear you down with the run game. They're going to milk the clock, 12 play drives. It's like, no, this isn't 2012, dude. Like you got to watch, <laughs> did you, you got to watch Will Howard ball out and he has still done absolutely nothing but ball out. And I expect him to do the same in the sugar bowl. Um, but I think the thing that's going to be most interesting, John, is the front seven on either side, because I think that's where Alabama, their talent is really going to show, um, especially in our three, three, five. You know, our rush defense is mediocre. Um, I think we're like 83rd in yards per play defensively rushing. But to be fair, you know, the Big 12 is tough running the ball. I mean, you got Bijan, Kendra Miller, Baylor, even Baylor, who's mediocre. You know, they got Richard Reese, you know, Squirrel Williams, Quaylen Jones. They're a huge rushing attack. Um, Oklahoma State, you know, got Dominic Richardson. There's some good rushing teams in the Big 12. But I think that front seven is going to be really what decides the game because if we can hold our weight there, if Felix can able to, you know, wreak some havoc, you know, we're probably going to blitz a lot, put some pressure on Bryce Young. Um, it, I mean, I think that could be the key to the game. Well, another thing to point out, and Bill O'Brien mentioned this in his press conference earlier, uh, earlier in the day while uh, on the day we're recording this, um, but he did point out that K-State has been unique and very well disciplined. It's going to be interesting to see how they do against Alabama. And from an Alabama perspective, this is going to be the third team. Uh, they're going to see who runs a 3-3-5 defense uh, all season long as well. So, I mean, it's going to be it's it's going to be not the familiar defense, but Alabama has been acquainted uh, to playing uh, overall this season. Yeah, and I mean – Shifting over to the kind of the K-State side a little bit, um, you know, we're going to be fully healthy. Malik Knowles, Echo Boydo, Adrian Martinez, um, they're, they're all going to be good to go for this game. And that's kind of the interesting thing is, obviously, you know, Chris Kleiman said in an earlier press conference before they went to New Orleans, Will Howard's the guy. Um, I don't think that was ever in doubt. 
But, you know, Adrian Martinez is healthy. He's been shown practicing in New Orleans. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what, how, because I think we are going to get him involved, not only because he's useful, but, you know, it's it's his first ball game. It's his last yeah. game as a college football player. And, you know, he's, he's, he's just such a great guy, too. <laughs> you, you want him to, you know, get some action in there. I think we could do some cool stuff, goal line with him. You know, obviously, you know, kind of as a pseudo Wildcat quarterback, um, we're probably we're not going to go full, you know, Daniel Sams, Jake Waters, um, that <laughs> that kind of offense. But I think he'll definitely there'll definitely be a few plays where we can do some fun stuff with him. Maybe not maybe not an end around quarterback pass um, yeah. in triple overtime. But we you know, we'll, we'll I think we'll figure out a way to get him in the mix. Oh man! I mean, if we do put him in there, I mean, I I just love to just screenshot that and send it to all the Nebraska fans and say, "Hey, we got it. We got Martinez in a bowl game. Uh, it's too bad you didn't either." But <laughs> Martinez and Howard they both showed their capabilities as quarterbacks, with both accounting for over twelve uh twelve hundred passing yards and the team only throwing four interceptions all season long. Um. There's one thing to point out, though, uh, on Alabama secondary, it's going to be led by Kool-Aid uh, McKinstry. Uh, I mean, it's going to be strong and deep, especially when he's going to be uh, deep as well. So that's going to be a big challenge for K-State. If they're going to have to rely on the passing game uh, to really keep up with Alabama uh, in their offense as well, um, kind of trying to settle on a track meet as well. Um, but Martinez, a dual threat passer, known for his mobility. He also has a strong arm. I mean, he ran for 615 yards a season uh, with t- 10 touchdowns in addition uh, to his uh, 1,200 uh, passing yards, six touchdowns a season. So um, I think I think you did point it out. I think Martinez, it could be very well. Um, I think he could really come in uh, at I, I don't know really what the best way to put it. I think he can for for some for some of the plays, I think he'll settle in pretty well, um, especially in the run game when whenever K State needs him. Uh if a passing game isn't as effective as we've been seeing it uh throughout the past few games. Um, but at the same time, you want to go I mean, you just want to fully go with a hot hand and Will Howard because yeah. I mean just with the way he took over. And not just the Oklahoma State game, but really against the Baylor game. Like, that's when we really knew, all right, this this is our guy. We're probably going to stick to him as much as we love Martinez. Um, I mean, he led K-State to a four-game winning streak. I mean, you know, there's just no doubt about it. I mean, including a win over TCU in the Big 12 championship. Um, so, I mean, Martinez has been included in the game plan if he's fully healthy enough. Um, but I do expect to see Howard get most of a most of yeah. a rep. Yeah, no, definitely. Howard will definitely be getting the majority of the snaps. I just hope, you know, I hope we can get a little Martinez pop pass. I think that would be really cool. Just a you know, a little yeah. Colin Klein esque little pop pass, especially when you got a guy like Ben Sinnott, who, you know, you had Glenn Gron- Gronkowski, you know, back in the day. Get you know, do a little Ben Sinnott action over the top there. Um, that'll definitely, that'll what definitely. Was, was that the, what was that? The Oklahoma game in which uh, Jake Waters kind of did the, um, oh, I can't remember. He threw the pass to Gronkowski and, uh, oh man, my, my, my memory is fading, but uh, I think I do know what you're saying a little bit, but. Yeah, I, no, it, it's, it's a, a little, classic. 
it's it's the classic. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Just... Tim Tim Tebow oh. Tim Tebow walks so we could run with that with that play concept. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Um, moving over to the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, it's going to be tough to stop uh, Bryce Young in this TCU or the Alabama offense. Bryce Young, a three thousand yard passer. Um, I think the thing people have been talking about is turnovers. Um, I think K-State is top five in turnover margin. Alabama's middle of the pack. I want to say they're like 95th. I mean, that's almost near the bottom. So if, you know, that could be what swings the tide in this game. It's what swing the tide in a couple of K-State games. Um, getting some turnovers, especially with this defense. Um, you know, Bryce Young is going to play well. He's a top pick for a reason. Um, but I think, you know, turnovers could be a thing that really causes um, you know, look at the TCU game. We turn it over on downs and we get the ball right back thanks to a big fumble. Um, so that, I mean, that those are the, te- the types of things that can really turn the tide in the game, especially when you're, I mean, let's just be straight up here. You know, Alabama's the more talented team and things like that, things like avoiding penalties and causing turnovers. Um, you know, the K-State way, you know, what the national media would think of as a K-State team. Um, those are the types of things that could help us win this game. Um, I mean, there was just plenty of criticism about the Alabama offense in, in 2022. And and again, most of that kind of go towards Bill O'Brien uh, on the coaching staff. But um, the Crimson Tide is fourth in the country in scoring offense, 40.8 points per game, uh, trailing over only Tennessee, Ohio State, and USC. They, they, also only, um, they also average over 475 yards per game. But and some of their biggest games, Alabama's offense has been rather inconsistent uh, against Texas. They just had 10 points entering the fourth quarter. They they totaled 290 yards uh, in its 30-6 to six win over Mississippi State. Uh, and then they only had nine points against LSU uh, after three quarters as well. So there are many factors that could play into some of these circum- circumstances uh, in regards to the offense. Um, yes, Bryce Young returned for his junior offense, but... Uh, and for his junior season, uh, let me say that again. Yeah, junior season. Uh, it's one of these nights. Shaking I mean, Blake it, after dark. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but an offense isn't successful based solely on the quarterback play alone. And I mean, and just for one player alone as well. I mean, what we could point out Iowa State uh, with what just Xavier Hutchinson and nobody else. Uh, I mean, that's not going to get the job done. And same kind of applies for Alabama. You got Bryce Young, but not too many other key playmakers on the offense. That's as big and uh, marquee as what we've seen in the past from an Alabama squad. I mean, they lost their top two wide receivers from a season ago, and it, it completely showed as well. And for I mean, for the second year in a row, their offensive line was poor at times just due to the inexperience and some of the injuries as well. So, uh, but despite all the outside noises, um, we'll see a Bill O'Brien and the players uh, have the unit to make strides um, in, in this contest. Um, because I don't personally think Bill O'Brien is going to remain at Alabama uh, next year. So, we're we're we're, we're going to see what happens right there. Yeah, and I think I've heard some Alabama face fans say to use this as an opportunity to let some of their young guys show their talent as well. Because, I mean, this isn't the Alabama, you know, wide receiving core that's got Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, you know, Devontae Smith, you know, and all of those different guys. I mean, they've got, you know, guys like Ja'Cory Brooks and obviously Jameer Gibbs, at running back, is really talented. But, you know, this isn't quite the same Alabama offense that we've seen in previous years, even though they're still putting up 40 a game. 
which is just crazy to say, but that's just Alabama standards. That's um, the standards. Yeah. So, probably even SEC standard standards at this point uh, as well. So yeah, and that's that's what kind of makes this. You know, we just you know talked about it with you know KU playing Arkansas, you know Texas Tech's playing Ole Miss. I think you know the Big Twelve and the SEC. You know, it's just a, it's a rivalry that we we want to be up there and say you know like especially with the way that the conference is going now with Texas and Oklahoma leaving. Like I think we've you know on a national stage we've got some proving to do that this is a conference, you know, TCU's got a huge opportunity in the college football playoff, but so do we in the Sugar Bowl against Bama to prove that we're still, you know, we're at least a part of the big three, you know, and especially top to bottom, we're a better conference than almost any, but any other conference in the nation, you know, Pac-12 has just got some really sh- crappy teams, the big 10 West. I mean, oh my goodness. Um, we're right up. We're right up there with every other conference. I, I know as uh, I'll come, I'll come in and admit this, while do well, I mean the Pac-12 leadership is piss poor. That's going to be the part that's going to drain yeah. their conference. But I mean, there's some good teams out of the Pac-12 this year. You look at yeah. the likes of Oregon. I know they're losing to North Carolina right now. By the time we're recording this, um, but you also had some pretty good teams. U- USC almost made the playoffs. Uh, Utah back-to-back years they won the Pac-12. Oregon State probably had their best season in a long time too. And of course, you got Washington playing Texas, hoping they can get eleven wins as well. So, um, good year for a Pac-12. I yeah, mean, but 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 the one conference that's sink that's a complete sink uh, sinking ship is the ACC. Um, I mean, their their bowl record is looking pretty decent right now, but um, they're. I mean, it's it's just pretty much being Clemson and everybody else. Florida State not fully back to the to where they were. Uh, previously, um, they got Oklahoma, of course, but I mean, besides those two, those two teams, it's just pretty much been a uh, downhill. Well, I mean, Clemson, Florida State, and North Carolina, uh, and because North Carolina is looking pretty good against Oregon right now, so I mean, besides those three teams, I mean, the, the rest of the ACC is is pretty much terrible. Um, I mean, of course, the Big Ten West as well. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different now. You, now you're bringing in Matt Rule to Nebraska. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Luke Fickle into Wisconsin. Uh, and then you got a new guy coming into Purdue as well, who just landed Hudson Card, uh, from Texas as a quarterback. So as their starting quarterback as well. So it, it's gonna be interesting. And 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 you mentioned it, the K State and TCU games. Those those are our main highlighted Big Twelve bowl games. Um, for TCU, not just to get the Big 12's first playoff win since Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley weren't able to do that uh, no matter what happens. Uh, but you also have K-State playing against probably the the biggest friend in all of college football. I mean, I mean, there's just no other way to look at Alabama and saying, oh, I mean, Alabama, they're like an LSU Georgia. They have, they'll have a little bit of success on this year, but then they'll kind of dial back down. I mean, this is this, I mean, ever since they beaten Texas in the 2009 National Championship, I mean, that's just been a complete dynasty. Uh, and especially when you have Nick Saban on the sideline, if you're able to beat that, uh, I mean, if you're just able to beat Alabama, uh, especially now with Alabama having their, their best team on the sideline, I mean, that's going to go a long ways for the conference. And especially for K-State as well, because you're going into a new era 
uh, with four new teams coming into the conference, you now hold the Kings throne uh, as the Big 12 champion. Now, you, now they must play up to you and kind of take and kind of uh, play up to your expectations as well. Yeah, these are gonna be those are gonna be two really important games in back to back, especially mm-hmm. on New Year's Eve, um, at eleven a.m. and then at I think three thirty or four thirty for TCU Michigan. So, John, uh, I came up. I had a fun little idea, um, for this talk about this game. I just thought it'd be this would be a little interesting if you could add one player in their prime in K State history to this team to help us play Bama. Who would it be? Oh, because I think I think it's kind of interesting because I think quarterback and running back are good. Um, it's tempting for like a prime Tyler Lockett for Will Howard to throw to, um, to add to our wide receiving core. I'm tempted. I'm tempted as well. There's some I options. Think, Go ahead. I think maybe we could use some additional help on the secondary. Yeah. Particularly either corner or safety, because, of course, you lost. Uh, Kobe Savage and Sincere Mason for the season. The good news is as well. I wanted to point. Uh, I wanted to point this uh, out as well. Uh, you also got Echo Boydo available uh, for the Sugar Bowl yeah. too, which is a really good sign uh, for the defense. But you know, you probably would have to bring in a former K State player to kind of to kind of seal some of the defense's issues uh, against KU early on, TCU early on, just getting some of those, just some of a broken coverage, uh, leading to, to a few points early on for both teams. You probably wouldn't want to do the same with Alabama either. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's where I was going to go to right after on the defensive side. I mean, you could go with a Terrence Newman, um, or I was thinking, especially, with you know Kobe Savage and Sincere Mason out, you go with a guy like Chris Chris Canty, who Chris is Canty, I mean along yeah. with you know Deuce Vaughn is the only other two time All American. Um, so I mean there's some there's some really good options. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody. I mean you could you could go Maybe. for like a um White Hubert Ryan Mueller to add you know like a two two headed monster in the defensive Maybe. line along Maybe, with Felix. Uh... Maybe it maybe a Darren Howard as well. Oh, Darren Howard, uh, that's a wanna, that's a nice call. If you, I mean, if you further if you further want to uh, beef up the uh, if you just want to further up be completely just add on to the infinite gauntlet known as the defensive line, you could just uh, throw in there. Uh, uh, geez, I'm blanking on his name. Mark Simino. <laughs> yeah, Mark Simino. <laughs> well, just just beefing it up there, right there. Yeah, uh, honestly, it, I mean. Can you imagine being Bryce Young? You're like six foot two hundred. You have to yeah. look a pass, look across. Mark Simonell leaning down. He's got that huge neck pad. So badass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's definitely. I mean, you could go back and go Gary Spaney too if you want to go really. You know, go way back. Um, I'm trying to think of some other options. Um, obviously, I mean, if you want to be really fun, you could go. You know, Deuce Von Darren Sproles, but maybe maybe law diminishing returns wouldn't add as much value as it could if we didn't have a guy like Deuce Vaughn. But yeah, I'm definitely leaning towards Terrence Newman, Chris Kennedy to help out our defense. I think those would be some really big ads if we needed uh if we if we needed the help. But I mean having prime Tyler Lockett would be really fun too. Or hey, I don't know if you want to do Aaron or Kevin or I mean you could do any of the Lockets really or Darnell McDonald. Maybe a little bit of a recency bias, but maybe Wyatt Hubert as well. Yeah Wyatt Hubert. I think that'd be a I think that'd be a good pairing right there. Yeah, I think he'd settle one real well. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, 
just thought that would be interesting because, uh, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll take all the help we can get against Alabama, which is to say, I mean, John, I, this is something else we should mention. I mean, this is probably the biggest ball game K-State's, along with the Fiesta Bowl in 2012. But I think considering we're playing Alabama, this is probably the biggest ball game in K-State history. Um, yeah. And if it would easily, I think it would easily be the best win in K-State history for a ball game. Because Syracuse, I mean, Syracuse was really good, right? You know, but they were 14th in the country. Um, so, I mean, to beat a top five Bama team with the number one overall pick, most likely, you know, who knows? It could be Will Levis. But, um, but Bryce Young, you know, John, I think, you know, we should definitely shout out that K-State is familiar with beating number one overall draft picks. You know, we did with Miles Garrett in Texas mm-hmm. A&M in the Texas Bowl. Along with that, um, Trevor Knight, was that the Texas A&M quarterback? Because he transferred from Oklahoma to he A&M. Wasn't, he wasn't a top draft pick, though. No, right? he wasn't a top draft no, pick. That was just – he was also on that team. Sorry. Yeah. I'm just uh, – <laughs> just making well, random connections. I think another thing to point out is the way Chris Kleiman has just been completely – just making top 10 teams struggle. I mean, especially if you want to talk about this year, I mean, the, the big 12 championship win over TCU, you previously beat the number six team in Oklahoma and Norman. Uh, I mean, you pretty much broke Oklahoma then. Uh, and then we broke Oklahoma state. Uh, I believe they were number nine in the country. So, I mean, but the, the top 10, the top 10 uh, opportunity is there again for Chris Kleiman and his squad. But you also got the SEC in which Chris Kleiman has also pretty much dominated. You beat Missouri uh, early on in the year. You beat LSU. I mean, uh, again, it's LSU. Um, so take it what it's worth. But you also beat Mississippi State and Starksville in, in his first year. Uh, so maybe, I mean, th- th- those are some pretty interesting ties that maybe it could work out in our advantage. I yeah. mean, I know Alabama's a, a completely different three-headed beast. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, it's, I mean, you still got to look at some of those wild stats, John, John, if we want to get real cheeky, we could talk about how badly we beat Missouri and then how closely Missouri played Georgia to justify that we're better than like every other sec team besides, besides Georgia, (laughs) we could, we could do that, do that logic. Well, I mean, if you're wanting to go for transitive properties, I mean, we're, we're, I mean, you got to point out that we are better than Georgia just because of that <laughs> Missouri result. And by the way, Missouri, I mean, Missouri would have gotten whooped. They would have gotten whooped by Kansas tonight if they played in the Liberty Bowl. <laughs> Wait, because they dodged, they, they dodged KU just to play Wake Forest uh, in, in, in something called oh the Gasparilla Bowl, which only had uh, 10 10 people along with his mother yeah. uh in the next thing you know they lose to they lose to uh, a, a very disappointing wake forest team as well yeah. uh and fr- i mean freaking darkowitz you know is like oh you know his, they they flipped yeah. a wake forest recruit to missouri and he's like oh well you know i should have celebrated more than i did and then the way and then to lose like oh it's like dude you are such a loser on top of that, on top of that, you had you had two player, two Missouri players. Like, I mean, ESPN put this on the camera. You had two Missouri players kind of going at it with oh, each yeah. other. Oh yeah. And then they instantly cue to Eli Drink was just putting up a surrendering Cobra or something like that. He was just yeah. completely. It just looked like he was just 
he was like, what the hell did I do uh, to deserve this? Uh, I mean, and if that is the case, Finn, he pretty much deserves everything because uh, uh, he's nothing but an absolute con show. He's in over yeah. his head, doesn't know what to do uh, in late game situations. Brady Cook had a pretty good game as a, as a quarterback because I mean he he's gonna throw the ball but he did but he was able to run it because Wake Forest doesn't have a good run defense but uh, nonetheless you lose to what you lose to something called Wake Forest uh, and we're all gonna troll you for that uh, yeah yeah I mean it's just absolutely it's just absolutely funny whatever yeah whatever a demon deacon is I mean it's crazy to think John next year's schedule which we're very looking forward to whenever the Big Twelve drops their schedule we're we're more worried about Troy than heading down to Columbia and playing Missouri. Yep. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. man. Well, I mean, don't get me started on the schedule for next year. Uh, for I mean, one 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 outside note: the Big Twelve, uh, just the Big Twelve is just completely uh, lazy putting out the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what's holding. I mean, they're gonna hold. They're gonna hold the schedule up because they thought Texas and Oklahoma were gonna stay for two more years, uh, two more years. Uh, but they're gonna stay for what's likely now one more year. So now we're gonna have to change the schedule and all that stuff. And it's just like, oh, just give us the dang schedule already. I know. Um, but on the other note, I mean, we're looking at some of the non-conference games, it, and this might come to a surprise, but I, I. I but I don't personally think so. I think Troy is going to be the te- more challenging matchup in Missouri. Is that is that not? I, I, Seems I fair. Yeah, I think that's fair as well. I mean, you got you got the Sun Belt champions. Uh, I believe they had a ten win season. They beat UTSA and the Cure Bowl. I, I think that. I mean, we've been starting to play some some pretty good group of five teams. I mean, Nevada. Uh, I mean, and Carson Strong a few uh, two years. I mean, a year ago, I and mean, then we lose to Tulane, who turns out to be the best group of five team in the country. And now we're dealing with uh, but Troy out of a Sun Belt, and of course, the Sun Belt has always been a just a complete thrown uh, thrown on our part because of Arkansas State in twenty twenty as well. So I mean. <sighs> Okay, actually, yeah, no, 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 no. I found this weird as well. So, so Kleiman has a great record against top ten teams, a great record against SEC teams, but he's two and two and three against group of five teams. <laughs> oh man, <Okay>. lost to <laughs> Navy and the Liberty Bowl, lost to Ar- to Arkansas State in twenty twenty, yep. and then you lose to. Oh, what was it? Tulane. Tulane. This year. This year. Which yeah. pretty much which pretty much was the game. <sighs> Everybody that started is... Tulane ser- seriously. So that is uh, crazy. Oh, gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, like that's that was that was the that was tonight's tan uh tangent I just went on. So no, that's that's a good stat. Five and two against top ten teams, but two and three against group of five teams. Um, I guess we just play to our opponents. Um, so that means we're gonna um uh, whoop Bama. Um, uh, speaking of which, John, John, how about how about we get some score predictions? Absolutely. All right. So, oh, this one was really tough to predict. Uh, I mean, it, it, okay. Well, just to point out, it's Alabama. I mean, I mean, especially when they're gonna be in full strength. Uh, I think a lot of people are gonna uh, just fully expect Alabama to get to get past K-State 
And but I I just don't see it happening that way. I think K State's gonna make it. Uh, I think K State's gonna make it a game. I expect Deuce Vaughn to have success against Alabama, especially when 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 he's uh, he's going one on one against somebody. I mean that's just not gonna be fair. Even the Alabama fans pointed out, oh, when Deuce Vaughn's all alone and, all alone uh, with with one of our defenders, it's just completely not fair. It's just completely not fair. Um, I will say Nick Saban is one of the best uh, when it comes to preparing teams, uh, especially for an extended amount of time, but he's also one in three in sugar bowls. He's also one in three in sugar bowls. And I think he's going to be one in four in sugar bowls because we're going to show up <laughs> unintimidated. It's going to be the Will Howard passing show. You got Deuce Vaughn. I think, I mean, it, it especially if the defense is able to do their part, uh, especially on the lines of scrimmage, in which that might that's going to probably be the biggest difference. Uh, I got case. I mean, I got to go. <laughs> you got to go with the cats. I just got to go. I just got to think of a prediction because, uh, oh my gosh, I mean it's Alabama as well. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It's Alabama, but I'm gonna go just for the six of this podcast. I'm gonna go cats. 41 Alabama 38. That's a good that's a good score prediction. Yeah, I think Yeah, I think what's most intimidating about playing Alabama specifically in a bowl game like this is I think the reason they've struggled so much is their inconsistent. See, it seems like week to week you've gotten a different Alabama team. Some of that cuz of, you know, Bryce Young playing hurt, but mm-hmm. now that he's had some time off, he's probably healthier than he's ever been. Um, obviously this team adds a lot of time to get its, you know, stuff together. Um, and I think, I think they're motivated. I think people thought they wouldn't be motivated coming into this game, but I think they're motivated and they're well, locked into play. Well, I think, I mean, in a leap by most normal standards, I, I mean, Auburn was able to, to, uh, I don't know what, what other way to say it, but Auburn kind of leading the game. They were, they were able to get the, the rush going, uh, Hendon Hooker. I mean, they let Hendon Hooker almost become a Heisman. I mean, if they if they're letting uh, Hendon Hooker become a Heisman of all quarterbacks, uh, you're, you're just gonna let uh, Will Howard just completely cook uh, the entire game. But the offense should. I mean, this this game tells me more about the offense rather than the defense, not just with how they're able to to deal with Alabama's defense, but how are they going to be keeping up uh, with Bryce Young in that offense. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, of course, you're going to have Will Anderson on the other side, which is going to make things extremely uh, difficult uh, on on our part as well. But the offense should be able to mix it up. I think the offensive line will hold on its own. Uh, and and I think another thing to point point out as well, it's going to be it's going to be who's going to come out as probably the better coaching uh, as well, because, you know, Chris Kleiman, uh, I mean, he he's going to get the best out of his guys um you're also going to have to point out the time of possession as well um, because both teams are going to really want to um, really dominate that especially when you have Bryce Young and Will Han- uh and Will Howard uh, uh as your quarterbacks um while they want to have full momentum they're probably going to want to take a time by uh play by play uh I- I'm <sighs> I mean, I mean, it's easy to point out some of the cons and some of the other Big 12 teams we've done in some of these interviews, but, I mean, it's just a completely different matchup with Alabama. 
and maybe for every other team because you you're not necessarily knowing what you're gonna get what you're gonna get. But I think the keys to this game is that K-State's gonna have to win the turnover battle. Uh the penalties shouldn't be a problem. I think it's I think it's gonna be frustrating Alabama. Um it should be its normal frustrating self with the defense holding up just fine on third downs as well. So that's what I'm looking that's what's that. That's <laughs> that's what I'm looking into uh in terms of the keys. Um but I think but I'm gonna go with the cats. I'm gonna go with the cats. I might look completely stupid after this, but that's what I'm leaning towards. Well, of course. I mean, you would look stupid for not picking the cats. I don't care if we you're lose. Right. You're, you're right. I, I, if we yeah. lose seventy to zero and you picked Alabama, I still would have flamed you for it as being a traitor. You gotta, you gotta okay. pick the cats. Yeah, um, I'm picking. The, you know, I'll pick the cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think. Our, I think our first drive is going to be very interesting to see the kind of stuff we have success with. Um, cause it just feels like it's going to be, we're going to have to get really creative. Cause I just feel like we're not going to be able to win up front. You know, I, I love our offensive line, but Alabama's just got some different dudes. I mean, if they will, we'll see what happens in the trenches and we'll see if our wide receivers can win the corner battles. Um, but I think if we can get, you know, you get Malik Knowles and Deuce Vaughn in space so we can find a way maybe with some jailbreak screens, um, just some, you know, simple outside stuff. Um, you know what, you know, well, Howard can make those kind of throws, you know, that we yeah. need to deep and stuff. Um, so I'm going to be really interested to see what kind of stuff we see we can take advantage of with Alabama's defense. Um, something else to point out, the over-under in this game, at least according to just on the ESPN app, it could be different place to place, but it's probably around the same. as 56. That seems kind of low, especially that given the kind of low. I think both teams have kind of been you know on the up and up in terms of offensive output, so I think that's a pretty easy over um in my book i mean we're not ku arkansas right you know we're not going to put up 105 points probably but i mean i'm I'm going 35 31 cats um i think we just you know uh i can't really describe it but i just got a good i got faith in my cats um i guess i don't think i don't i guess i don't think we'll need ty zentner according to my score prediction for any field goals um so we'll see what happens there but uh it's gonna be it's going to be a great game. Um, in conclusion, um, if you're just listening to the end of this podcast, um, John Grove, take this from John Grove. We're better than Georgia. Um, put us in the playoff, Gene Taylor. Uh, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we all hope you had a great Christmas. Um, and we hope you have a happy cool. new year. And uh, everybody, including John, who's driving down to New Orleans, my parents oh, are we're leaving. Fly- we're, we're flying down there. Oh, you're flying? We're flying from Oklahoma City to Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. We're going to take the three-hour drive south. So well, it's, it's a good thing you didn't um, try to leave on Monday or Tuesday on Southwest in KC. Oh, oh yeah. No, no, we're, 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 not, we're not flying on Southwest. <laughs> I mean, that is complete. I mean, they just – Oh, my gosh. Turmoil. Uh, I mean, I mean, some of the K-State fans, some of their flights have been canceled on Southwest, which really sucks. Yeah. Um, I'm really hoping we get a good turnout down there, maybe 35,000, maybe 40,000, because, I mean, it's a big game, and especially yeah. when you're I – mean, it's going to be incredibly rare when you're getting an opportunity to play a powerhouse like Alabama. So to, to all the Wildcat fans, show up. Uh, come in big numbers. It's going to be a big, big game. Yeah, yeah that's all. Man, I was just incredibly weak to end, to end it off with. I thought <laughs> well, I had something. I thought it's <laughs> you thought some inspiration was just going to come out of you. Yeah. Uh, what's, do you know what uh, section you're in? 
Oh. I'm just wondering because my dad told me what section he's in. I wonder if you're close to him. Yeah, I'll take a look real quick. Okay. Uh, my dad's in section 147. Um, if you want to say hi to my dad, uh, <laughs> if you want to say hi to Curtis, uh, uh, he's like to... he's like up in the corner. It's a lower level seat though. Especially he got it after all of them had kind of sold out. You got I think you got secondhand on like StubHub or something. All right, let's see. I'll be in section 129, okay. row four and seat 15. I'm going to be in the student section. So oh okay. If y'all want to say hi to me, if y'all want to, I mean, if you if there's any Bama fans listening, which I hope <laughs> there are, uh, because if we win, I mean, you're I'm going to be incredibly insufferable. Uh, to oh my get- gosh um during the next show but uh nonetheless uh if y'all want to say hi i mean f- feel free to i don't i don't buy <laughs> yeah. it at all ask for his autograph yeah oh my god is that john grove but if i'm not in the mood then i might just uh draw uh, i don't know i might just draw a, a hand flipping flipping you off or something yeah. like that i don't know i can't do that but i'll, I'll try a my j- best if a I'm jayhawk not- being hit by a spaceship <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that's exactly what I should do. Absolutely. Oh, uh, oh my gosh, and and we should probably do this more often. But we gotta, we gotta put out. I mean, we gotta kind of shout out our our, our socials on Twitter, uh, as well. I mean, I, I mean, because I, I I'm gonna try and get on here more often. Um, but I mean, I, I'm I'm trying to not to sell out, but I'm I got some pretty good content going out here. Uh, if y'all want to see it, uh, John Grove O two. Uh, I'm taking. I'm. Uh, I'll be taking shots on. Uh, I'll be taking shots on Ku and to another individual that we will not mention. Uh, as well. Uh, even though I did early on in the show. Uh, so <laughs> if y'all want to get, in, if you, I mean, if y'all want to do that, uh, you can follow my personal. But oh, but I'll, but I'll speak. Uh, um. For both of us, uh, Blake, we can kind of wrap up the show then, but make sure to follow us, Shake and Blake 785. Again, that's Shake and Blake 785. Again, that's Shake and Blake and 75. I'm giving you many opportunities before this podcast ends uh, to, uh, to to follow our Twitter, see what's going on. So you better, <laughs> or I'm, or you're going to have to suffer the wrath of me. Uh I don't know. I I haven't thought about what I'm gonna do next. Maybe uh one full show of uh just being completely silent so you don't have to uh <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh I kind of I I kind of gotten lost. I mean the, the KU game just kind of just kind of got me uh completely hold, uh held over uh because some of our fans are just completely stupid. They ask for it every single. <laughs> they really do. So uh, oh man. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's let's send it home, John. For all the people <laughs> heading to New Orleans, have a safe drive if you're there already. Have some fun. Cheer on the cats. Have a safe drive or flight back. Uh, for all the people who are staying in Manhattan, make sure to come to the West Virginia game on Saturday mm-hmm. um, at 6 p.m., oh, yeah. especially if we win because there may be a chance that the, the football team may come out at halftime again, which would be a really cool thing. Um, so yeah, make sure to keep Bramlage packed, even though the cats are playing in the sugar bowl in new Orleans. Um, so it's going to be a ton of fun to watch. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to be playing their last game in a K state uniform. Um, so make sure to, you know, especially, you know, Felix possibly deuce and, you know, 20 other seniors. Um, so make sure to just relish those guys while they're still playing in a K state uniform. 
So until next, we'll probably be back a couple days after to recap both football and basketball. So until then, Cats by 90. Cats by 90. Emo. Emo. <laughs>